Hey guys, just want to say happy holidays. I know this year has been rough, but it's coming to an end. And hopefully 2021 has some great things in store for you. So Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. What's up, guys? This is your girl, Coco, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Key Can with Coco. If you are new to the show, let me say thank you for tuning in. Let me tell you a little bit about it. Basically, we talk about life in general with an emphasis on relationships. I have my friends, guests, family come on the show, and we kiki about whatever the topic of the day is. And so today I have with me one of my homegirls, London. London is a writer and she recently just came out with a book. So London, you want to go ahead and say what's up and just tell us a little bit about what your book is. Hey, what's up? Hello. No. um, Yeah. So I just recently published a book, a poetry book, and it's pretty much, um, it just goes into the journey of, of self-love, uh, relationships, situationships, um, and all in between. So, yeah, so make sure you check that out if you like poetry. And I think we all can relate to just about all of that that she is writing about, which is basically what this show is about, to talk about self-love, the relationships that we have, situationships. We all been there. We ain't exempt. Ain't nobody exempt. So, yeah, I'm definitely not exempt from that category. <laughs> so before we get this show on the road, we're going to start off with the drink with Coco. And the drinks are normally recommended by our guests. And so today, London did recommend a drink, and it's an old-fashioned. So you want to go ahead and tell us why you chose this drink and, you know, just just what what about this drink? <laughs> okay, so old-fashioned is my go-to. The old-fashioned, I don't really like sweet drinks, so it's always, this is why I picked the old-fashioned, because old-fashioned will get you where you need to be. It's not too much, um, and it's just, if you want a nightcap, then it's good. If you want a happy hour, good. So old-fashioned can fit any category, so it's always my go-to drink. Okay. But this one, this it, one... Wait, do it have some sweetness to it, or is it kind of just it, like... Well, the one that I'm recommending, it has a little twist. So okay. usually I make my old fashions with... Um, you can make it with any type of bourbon whiskey, whiskey but I make mine with the bullet rye. Um, are you familiar with that? Mm-mm. Yeah, it's, it's a whiskey. So it's bullet... Um, uh, you put bitters and orange. You also put the dark cherries if you want to get really fancy with it. But the twist to make it sweet is you put a teaspoon of maple syrup. Okay. That sounds like it. Like I like like different drinks. And I feel like, have you had, um, I'm sure you have, but you've had Johnny Walker Black before. Oh, mm-mm, that's too strong for me. Too strong. <laughs> Johnny Walker Black, is it? Is yeah. it like um, you drink it straight or what? I mean, I don't drink it straight, but some people do. But it does have a very distinct flavor to it. 
And yeah. so that's what I'm kind of imagining. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, this one is definitely, it's like a real chill. I mean, obviously you can make the old fashioned um, stronger, but I typically put one, one and a half shots in there and you're good to go. Okay. Well, y'all go ahead and try out this old fashioned. I'll be sure to add the recipe in the show notes. And if you try it, hashtag drink with coco on instagram and at kikin with coco just so i can go ahead and you know share that you guys are actually out there drinking these drinks um and i know y'all be trying it out because i be getting messages (laughs) saying i had this drink and it was good so y'all can go ahead and tag me in a story or something you know yeah i'm sure they're gonna like these old fashions Okay, so she said y'all going to like it, so try it and let me know. So now we're going to move over into the word on the street. So first, and so I want to say, like, when it comes to money, I think money brings out the ugly in people. So with that being said, we all know that Kobe Bryant passed away at the beginning of this year, and so... With his passing, you know, of course, his wife would be the person that would take over his estate and all those types of things. And I think when these people become wealthy or when they get on, you know, they take care of their family and the the, the people that are close to them. And so I'm assuming, you know, her mother, um, he took care of her mother, you know, because she was family. And now that he's gone... From what I gather from the information that I have read, it's not necessarily that Vanessa has cut her mother off. I just think that her mother is not getting what she wants or getting what she believes she deserves out of this situation. So um, she was living with Kobe and Vanessa while he was living. And when he passed away, I guess Vanessa said, you know, I don't want you to live here anymore. And I think if in that moment, like grieving, you know what I'm saying? I could probably understand her thought process and being like she didn't want to live there. But she right. said that she was going to buy her a home, you know, not just kicking her out. So I don't want you to live here, but I'm going to buy you a home. And then I guess like taking care of whatever financial support that her mother needs but her mother is asking for $5 million, a house and a Mercedes SUV. So what what are your thoughts? Wait, wait, hold on. Let's get this straight. Is it his mother or her mother? This is Vanessa's mother. Oh, wow. I mean, she didn't marry Kobe. I don't understand why she feel like she's so entitled to this lifestyle. So I guess she was saying that while Kobe was living like she was it sounded like she was saying like she was a full-time nanny to their children and Vanessa is saying like that's not the case because Vanessa has always been a full-time parent but her mother like instead of like just taking care of her like supporting her in whatever financial financial she got going on she's asking for $96 an hour for 12 hours of work 12 hours a day for 18 (laughs) that's hilarious (laughs) 
way, she didn't broke it down for the hour. Ain't these her grandkids? Yes, girl. Oh no. I promise you, like my mama would just be happy that she didn't have to that she didn't have to want for nothing. Like right. all her bills was paid. You know, you got a house out of the deal, or we're going to get a house out of the deal until you start acting crazy because it wasn't what you wanted. I just don't. I mean, I I I will say this. I definitely get understand getting compensated for your work. I mean, even with it being grandchildren. Because they have several, like, smaller children, right? Yeah. Yeah, so they got smaller children. I understand, like, getting something. Um, But do I think five million may be a stretch? And I'm wondering, what is is she planning on doing with this five million? Is she taking trips? Nobody taking trips right now? Not right now. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. And her mother is also receiving, like, alimony from a previous relationship a previous marriage already Mm. so it's just like girl like what what do you want from this girl like this girl is legit trying to grieve the loss of her husband and her child right she not only lost him but she lost the child too and this is what you coming at her with like i just feel that you know if she's willing to financially support you provide you a home like, why why are you asking for anything else from her? Like, yeah, she got an abundance of money, you know right. what I'm saying? But she also has multiple children that she she's responsible for. You know, she- I just don't understand why you would, especially at a time like this, like, I can't even imagine men put in that predicament where you lost two of the biggest pieces of your life and then you got to worry about your mom out of all the people. Like, your biggest support system coming at you with something crazy like this? Yeah. Like I said, I just think money, when when it comes to large sums of money, shit, even $5 to some people, you know, it just bring out the ugly. Run me my Apple Pay. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I legit have family members that I have loaned money to, small amounts of money. And it's, like, I'm just the type of person that is just, like, if I give it to you, like, it would be nice to get it back. But if I don't get it back, like, okay, tracking, I probably never loan you money again. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not going to cut you off, like, act crazy with you because you didn't give me my $50. You know, I I definitely think that when it, yeah, when it comes to money, it just brings out a different side of people. And especially it being your parent, this is not behavior that you would expect. I mean, I'm hoping there's more to that story. I mean, granted, it's two sides to every story, right? Mm-hmm. So hopefully, you know, they get it squared away. But that's, it sounds really crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds crazy. Because um, she was saying, like, that Kobe said that he would take care of her for the rest of her life. And Vanessa's <laughs> like, he never made that promise. Oh, wow. <laughs> So, I I think it's unfortunate that, you know, it's your own family that's doing this to her. But, you know, it's the name of the game when you got $600 million to your name. Right, right, right. That's crazy. Yeah, for sure. So, on to better news. 
So if you are, are familiar with Melanie Fiona, so Melanie Fiona, like maybe about 2009, 2010-ish, she had like a few hit songs and they were some real like bangers. You know what I'm saying? Wait, refresh my memory. What what songs did she sing? Let me get a little so snippet. She, so, huh? Let me get a little snippet. So, uh, Mella, the Mella, Melanie Fiona, she had It Kills Me. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, hold on. Let me pull up her, her catalog real quick. Okay. So, yeah, she had It Kills Me, 4 a.m., Wrong Side of Love, uh, Give It To Me Right. Like, she had, mm-hmm. uh, like, the songs that she had that I really liked, like, they were really good songs, and she could really, really sing. And so she had a kid a few years back. I think mm-hmm. all, our, all our faves from, like, the early 2000s are, like, parents and whatnot now. Right. But, um she had a kid and so she recently like last week just got married to her her baby daddy so and they they've been together for a while like this kid looked like he at least six years old so stop uh, (laughs) (laughs) so they have been together for a while but i wanted to highlight them getting married because they got married during covid where there are so many stipulations on like the amount of people that you can have in one space and and all these types of things and so they just went to like this little t- one day right now marriage place and they did it and they had like a videographer record everything so they made like this really nice video for it um but i think it was like a show like to help show like you can do this man like having a wedding and getting married like this year it may just have to get postponed to another day but you know wanting to do it wanting to marry the the love of your life or whatever and just wanting to be married already like i can see people doing it and so to me it was just like an example of you can definitely get married in the current climate and you don't have to have a whole bunch of people that are spreading COVID. Yeah. I think it's, it's like, I just think that it's important as long as you guys are on the same page, then that's the most important. You can always have a celebration later with, like, family and friends. Of course, it's not the most ideal, you know, like what you've probably dreamed about or um, fantasized about how your wedding would look like, but as long as you're married, I think you get to go. That's what you really want. Yeah. And so I I just really thought the video was cute. So I'll post a snippet of it on my Instagram if you guys want to see it. But I think it was a beautiful display of love and just togetherness. So, um, yeah, those are my thoughts on that. But the main thing was I wanted to say, like, they did it and went spring COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I, I did see the video and it was it was beautiful. I thought it was really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was definitely really nice. Um, yeah, next time I get married, I am going to have an actual wedding and go with all that wedding drama that come along with it. So um, you're going all out. 
I'm going all out next time. <laughs> but everything I didn't have before is going down this next go round. Plus some. And some, yes. <laughs> That's funny. Yes. Yeah, so uh, when I got married before, we just went to like a little quick marriage place or whatever. And we was married in like 15 minutes. <laughs> so what did you feel like? Was that what you you guys decided like mutually to do that? Or was it like because of the current situation? Oh, no, girl. This is like five years ago. Um, so it, it was none of this coronavirus thing going on. Right. But right. I like I just don't deal well with stress and all that type of stuff. So to alleviate all the drama that came along with it, I was just like, ain't nobody going to be there. It's just going to be me and him. We're going to do what we want to do. And ain't nobody going to tell me how to do it. And so we just went to a little quick place and we did it. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's, I mean, that's so cool. I always think it's, it's just however, like whatever serves you, like the couple, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't think it has to be this drawn out or elaborate um, spending all this money in one day or one place or a, a, um, a wedding destination. It doesn't have to be all that. Just as, as long as y'all got the love and y'all solid, then I think it's whatever. So I think he, he did want to have like a small thing. He, I know he didn't want like a grand, you know, like this big old grand situation, but he yeah. did want to do something where our family and like close family and friends could be there and um my family was causing some issues and gotcha. I was just like I just don't want to be bothered so do you think do you think that when you don't invite people like say for example a couple they have a um a small wedding or you know they go to the justice the courthouse um, do you think that like it's a backlash on the family and friends? Like, dang, why didn't I get an inviter? <laughs> I guess I wasn't good enough, you know, to, <laughs> to uh, be there. In my case, at that moment, that's what it was. But gotcha. I, I would tell people don't necessarily feel that way if you aren't invited to the wedding or, you know, if somebody just elopes because right. weddings these days are expensive. You can have the same kind of reception and just call it a party. But once you yeah. tag wet into it, then fees start getting astronomical. You know what That's I'm saying? True. So I like you paying per person to eat, you know. So to me, if I'm shelling out all this money, I want I want to pay for people who know the person that I'm with like you know both of us you know you rooting for us not just because you my cousin and we grew up together like if we don't have a relationship right now that don't and just because we family don't make you entitled to come to my wedding (laughs) Ooh, okay so that that is my thought process. My mother would see it other otherwise. Like right. let's invite everybody we know. <laughs> right. I, and I think older people see it in a different light, right? They see it as let's invite the pastor, let's invite little little um little Coco and them. Um, so it's just like, man, why? Why do we need to do all that? I I haven't talked to these people in years. Why? Should I be spending a hundred plus on them for my wedding day? 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like there's, and I think gone are the days where the girl's parents are paying for a wedding. You know what I'm yeah. saying? A lot, a yeah. lot of couples are paying for weddings themselves. And so when I think about it, so I'm paying for a wedding. I'm sure that, you know, we want to go on a honeymoon. Like my family ain't got money like that, you know, so nobody yeah. is gifting us a, a honeymoon. You know, we might want to buy a house. Nobody is gifting us a down payment for a house. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So it's just like, you know, my, my pocket ain't that steep. Yeah, a lot of I, different things. I can pay for what I can pay for. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so so that's my thought process. But like I said, next time I get married, I'm definitely going to, and, and it may not be like big, 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 but I, I think I want to do a destination wedding next go round. I think those are so dope, but I also think that that could probably be a lot of stress because there's so many like factors, the weather, travel, you know, mm-hmm. all those things. I don't know. Maybe just weddings in general are stress and no matter whether it's big or small, it's going to be stress. But um. they, I think weddings in itself are just stressful, but I will say I've I've looked at pricing for a destination wedding and just, you know, there are different packages you can get with it. And so uh, the pricing is, you know, it varies on what you want, but I think you can make it as inexpensive and great as you want or expensive and great if you want. And then yeah. I think your your people that you're inviting, they're getting a trip out of this as well. You know, yeah. so leading up and leading up to the wedding, like you have an opportunity to have your close friends and family there and y'all do all this stuff together. And then, you know, after wedding, everybody skedaddle, you know, and then you and your spouse are still there on the honeymoon. So I think I think it's awesome to do a destination wedding. Like everybody is getting something out of it besides just showing up to the wedding. And that's it. True, 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 true. So, yeah, that's my take on weddings. And, you know, I definitely look forward to to one day experiencing that wedding that I'm talking about. (laughs) Yeah, I think, I mean, as long as you're on the same page, because, you know, I think sometimes people like I've talked to some of my homegirls and they're like, I've never even thought about getting married. Like some people, that's not even a like, I don't. I don't know how you would think that, but um, <laughs> they just haven't, it hasn't crossed their mind. Like, it's not something that they, you know, really spend some time and put thought into. Maybe because they're not in that place. Yeah. Um, and that could very well be it. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's like sometimes if you not in like the process of making something happen, you just don't necessarily put too much thought into it. Like children for me, I want children, but I'm not in a space where I feel I can have a kid right now. Like, you know, just circumstantially not there. And so I can't necessarily see myself as a parent right now. That's true. That's true. You know, like I, I speak a lot about just me, the me, you know what I'm saying? Not so much like a family aspect to it or whatever. And for a long time, my mother didn't even think I wanted children. <laughs> I 
thing right now, like my daddy, he keep he keep hinting all the time, like, hey, yeah, I need me a grandson. You working on me a grandbaby? I'm like, you got grandbaby dollars? <laughs> like, yeah, I am working on it, but give me some time. My mama stopped asking me because my brother, he got his three kids, and I think that's enough. And she just recently got a granddaughter, so. I am off the hook right now. <laughs> I got two nephews and a niece. So right now she she ain't worried about me having no babies. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, when you can contribute those those grandbaby, those dollars, then, <laughs> then that's when I'm going to give it some more serious thought. Until then, just uh, don't hold your breath. <laughs> right. But I am speaking it to existence. I'm going to be somebody's mama. <laughs> you said somebody's. I'm going to be somebody's mama. That's that's what I know. <laughs> okay. Get it, girl. But uh, we're going to move over into the hot cup of cocoa. So this week's hot cup of cocoa, we are talking about love and so when i say we are talking about love just where do our ideas of love come from you know um because i think we all grow up seeing love in some some shape way shape form or fashion and Mm -hmm. it shapes what we think or expect love to be so when you think about love where does the concept of love come from for you? Good question. Um, I think like I think a lot of times when you think about love, like you said, you have this, you know, as children, we're kind of shaped into like how maybe we've seen our parents love or our grandparents or mostly those people that, you know, we spend our time with the most. Mm-hmm. So I would say the foundation of love of and what that looked like for me came directly from my grandparents because I did spend a lot of time with them like um when I was younger so I I seen all these things and I'm just like well I'm that's how like a relationship should be you know like I should be at home whipping up meals you know by the time my husband get home from work, you know, he should be smelling everything. Like, that's what love should look like. But mm-hmm. I wasn't really tuning in, or maybe I was too young to really realize, you know, all those, you know, behind the doors things that happen in relationships and, you know, self-love and all those types of things that come along with it. Mm-hmm. So when I think about my concept of love, it definitely comes from uh, the love that my mom and my stepdad had. Yeah. They they didn't end up staying together, but they're like best friends. And so you can definitely see the, the love and care there between their relationship. And so I guess when I think of like what I think love should be, is mm-hmm. not only should you be my romantic partner, but you should be my best friend. Um, and so that that's where my concept of love comes from. And then I also grew up around 
my grandmother and she's the person who taught me how to cook and you know not because I wanted to learn how to cook but it was expected of me to learn how to cook because she was like you need to have a meal on the table when your husband come home and I'm like right I'm gonna be working why I gotta be cooking you know why he can't cook because my dad cooked you know, so I'm like, why why my yeah. man can't cook too? And yeah. she like, girl, shut up, get there fried and pork chops. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what's crazy is I and like I said, I think that's just coming from uh um like older generations. They have, of course, I think if you ask like them, I have a lot of conversations with my grandmother on like what her idea of love is and um, like her and my grandfather's experience because they were married like 38 years mm-hmm. so I'm like you know if there's anything I want to make sure that you know I can like capture some of those things that you know I've seen you know growing up with them and then mm-hmm. um, just really find out the whys because I, yeah. I talked to her and she said she would do things a lot different <laughs> and I'm mm-hmm. like grandma and she's like no seriously yeah. You know, she was like, we didn't know what we were doing. We got married really young and just kind of figured it out along the way. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah. And I, I think that's legit. Like her saying, like, she would do things differently because, you know, as you experience life, like no one tells you to, to love yourself, you know? Right, um, right. No one tells, like, I think we grow up with this idea that, we're supposed to grow up and find a person that we're going to be with and, you know, all of these types of things, but they don't tell you how to create a successful relationship. Yeah. Um, so that's what I think about, like, just, like, getting married and, you know, getting married because I felt like it was what I was supposed to be doing, one. Mm-hmm. And then, two, it was almost like I felt like I was, at a place because I wasn't married because everybody I encountered like my everybody I work with was married for the for the most part and I've right. always been the single person and so it was just like well shit I don't want to be married too you know oh, yeah like um, what am I missing out on <laughs> right but and then no one tells you how to deal with someone else's emotions yeah you know like and that's a, that's the a difficult part because I think um I know for me growing up, like, of course, you know, you spend a lot of time, at least for me, I spent a lot of time with my grandparents. Now, granted, I spent time with my parents, too, but um, they were working parents. So a lot Mm -hmm. of that time, uh, if you want to talk about, like, the nurture aspect that came from, like, my grandparents. So um, I would say, like, the self-love piece, like, I've been figuring that out on my own. Mm-hmm. You know, as an as an adult or through relationships, you're like, hold on, you know, like, it's not your job to fulfill this piece for me. You know, that that self-love comes from within. So you I really think you have to navigate those pieces on your own um, and find out what that looks like for you before you can like really like fully contribute to a, a healthy relationship. Yeah. And I think. Because now in society, we're a lot more open about how we feel and, you know, making it known that certain certain responses or certain behaviors are inappropriate. I think the the children of today have a, 
a better idea or maybe some better assistance with learning these types of things as they are growing up because yeah I don't think yeah we just weren't taught these types of things like to to love yourself and you know how they they teach you the things that you're supposed to do as a wife or a husband and I want to say more so a wife than a husband yeah because I think that's that looks a lot different now right than Mm -hmm. what it did for our grandparents and I think it's all like a piece of how the world was at that time Mm -hmm. like but now it's just like okay if love doesn't fit for you that's okay too whether Mm -hmm. it's for a a month a year 10 years or whatever you know Mm -hmm. so I don't think it's as much value placed on the longevity part of love it's just like okay if that doesn't work it's okay not to to hold on to it yeah like I remember um after I got divorced my grandma told me that if I never got married again that would be okay too because my grandmother she got divorced um she she was divorced while she was like of course she married young but she Mm -hmm. wasn't married more than 10 years I'll say 10 years and um she never remarried and so like I don't know if it was because she liked I really want to say it was because she liked being able to just do her you know so you think it was more so the freedom she really enjoyed Mm mm-hmm because you know back then you couldn't leave home unless you was married or something you know right, what I'm saying? Right, so right. That that was my grandmother's way of getting out of her home was to to get married. So she got married, and uh, they had children. And then, not necessarily sure what the circumstances were, but they ended up in divorce, and she never got married again. But she and she was like such a like she just took care of business. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, she didn't have a whole lot, but she made a whole lot out of nothing. Yeah. You know? And I, th- um, I think that's something that, like, so admirable, like, about a lot of women, you know, in that generation, um, especially, it's like, man, you are a really strong woman, you know, like, you fulfill all those jobs, um, so to speak, of, of what a wife looked like, you know, uh, a nurturer, um, taking care of everybody's emotional well-being, um, yours included. So I think that's why, too, like a lot of self-love wasn't taught because it's always like, hey, put everybody else on the um, at the forefront and at the forefront and you're on the back burner. Right. And you'll worry about those other pieces later. Definitely. So. Yeah. So when she said that to me, it definitely like ignited something in me to to say like it's okay to be single and really evaluate what self-love was and Mm -hmm. I can definitely appreciate the journey that I've been on in discovering that self-love and like I said I do aspire to be married again and so I feel like this time that I've been single I've been able to focus on me focus on the things that I like what what interest me you know like how to love myself because like you said you can't put all of that on somebody else and expect to be happy right yeah I I think it's a beautiful journey everybody has their own self-love you know women men um 
it's all it all looked different and that's okay but i think it's important to at least be aware of those things before you you know decide to bring somebody else into that picture for sure and i think this time like of singleness is definitely defining what love is to me um you know, I remember, and it's a, it's still a saying, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. But I want someone to complete me. Yeah. Like, at this point, I don't want nobody to complete me. Like, I am complete and whole on my own. But right. what I do want you to do is I want you to come and add to me and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah, I want a, a love that's like, it's healthy, of course. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it's a space where both of you, both of you guys can grow you know that it's okay where your flaws are revealed um that you can truly be transparent and and what's going on with you because every day is not going to be a perfect day even if that is a healthy relationship um so yeah that that connect I think I crave the the connection more and then like just being totally transparent with somebody like Imagine a relationship where you don't have to have any guards up. You know what I mean? Like, I I think think that's... That would be amazing. (laughs) Right, right, right. And and that's a a very vulnerable space to be in. So I think, like, um, I've been in relationships good and bad, but I think that's what I struggle with after some of those bad relationships is the vulnerability piece. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just like, man... Yeah, it's like, man, I don't want to start this all over. Like, I didn't told all my secrets to somebody else. I know. Or <laughs> I can't get past the what's your favorite color part at this point. Like, <laughs> I don't want to know nobody's favorite color. I Nobody. don't give a damn what your favorite color is. <laughs> I don't want to know. Now, you tell me your favorite song. Okay, I can rock with that. But <laughs> your favorite color, what am I going to do with that? I'm going to observe that and learn that, you know, as we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 But yeah, that vulnerability piece is it's hard to come about, you know, after you've been hurt before. And so when I do um meet the person that I am meant to be with, I do look forward to being vulnerable with that person. Um uh-huh. because and and I think that that's what makes the the love true and honest. Right. You, you both can have that vulnerability with each other. I know for men, it's a lot harder for them to be vulnerable. And so when I think about a man opening himself up to a woman, I think about the stigma of like, boys don't cry, men don't cry, whatever that saying is, you know, yeah. and, you know, we, we, society has built up this, you can't do this because you a man, you a man. And so then you wonder why your, your spouse can't communicate with you when, yeah. when you do enter, when a man does enter into a relationship. And so to me, that's really important to allow the man that I'm with to, to be vulnerable with me as well. Yeah. The, I think the opus, the openness factor is so important because that can kind of like guide how our relationship is go, will go. I don't think you can be, I mean, I guess you can be in relationships that you're not fully transparent, 
but I don't know how genuine that is. I don't want something that I have to kind of like tiptoe or be in this gray area of, can I say this? Can I not say this? Can I share this? You know, what are they going to think about me? I don't want to be in that space. I want to be in a space where I'm letting it, I'm letting all my hair down mm-hmm. um, in love. And I think that it's a scary place at times, but it's also um, something beautiful can blossom from that. For sure. Yeah, I I definitely don't want to be with nobody that I feel like I have to censor myself with. I feel like I should be able to be my true and honest self with whoever I'm with and vice versa. Because, I mean, like you said, how how real is the relationship if you're not your true self? Right. And even with, I think sometimes you probably can, people get into this comparison game of, okay, do they have this marked off on the list? Do they have all these, what if they do have all those things marked off, but the connection, you still don't feel like that a hundred percent connection, you know, Mm -hmm. like, that's why I don't really believe in that whole, like, oh, they need to have this, 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 and that before, um, you know, before I'll decide to make that commitment. Mm-hmm. Now there are definitely things, but um, yeah, I was going to say, do you have some <laughs> non-negotiables? Um, a big thing for me is um, communication. So just being able to communicate those thoughts, because I think sometimes it's really hard. Even myself, it's when something is difficult, it's kind of hard for me to express it, because um, I'm thinking about you know their feelings and I don't really want to like stump on those and all those things so um I would say that that's what I've really learned to like become better at is the communication piece um but I definitely not about to be walking around the house and not talking we're not playing no silent games um (laughs) I can't do that yeah so I would say communication for for sure um, and then I need somebody that is likes to have a good time. That's funny. Yeah, I definitely need somebody I can laugh with because I'm not one of those people that takes myself super seriously. Yeah. And so I've learned to embrace my clumsiness and embrace, <laughs> you, you know, all the things that, you know, like, right. I'm just not a serious person and I can't yeah, be you know, serious 24-7. Me either. And it's like, I have to be serious at work. I don't want to be serious when I come home. Exactly. Like, this, this, needs to be, this needs to be my, I want my relationship to be my place of refuge and peace. Like mm-hmm. I do not, I don't need like, I need to, okay, we need to, we need to talk or we need to have this serious conversation. Like, come on, if you don't, say what you got to say in five minutes so I can make my peanut butter and jelly. Like, come on. <laughs> like, I'm not, I just can't be in a relationship that's all like, you know, serious. And sometimes people will label it as like, kind of like some, I think some relationships are like business partnerships, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but in a more serious nature, there's nothing wrong with, you know, having a business together and getting after those goals. But some relationships are just too serious. I'm like, man, do y'all ever just tone it down some and let your hair down? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do not. I just cannot. Like, <laughs> I can't be with nobody that I have to be so serious with because yeah. 
Like I would feel stifled. Yeah. And it's just like, let me see how strong your memes are. Like send me a few <laughs> memes and I can rate to see where this is going to go. Like, oh, you got to see my sex them, uh, messages I posted. I hope they better from oh, the okay. I posted. <laughs> I was like, okay, I got to come harder because she said that was weak as hell. <laughs> I got to go back and look at I seen those sets and I was like, oh, no, nah, I hope nobody is texting this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, we going to go back to square one if that's where it's at. But yeah, for sure. That, that was rudimentary. Okay. Sexy. That's what that was. <laughs> But okay, today, okay. I think I got a little bit more into it. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll get to check it out for sure. I'll let you know. <laughs> Hopefully, it's not too overt. But we shall see. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, see, this, like, I want, like, I just need somebody that I can laugh with. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, like, even being sexy, I'm not. What? one of those people who can be sexy you know and so I remember one time trying to be sexy I'm like yeah I'm gonna do this dance girl I couldn't get past the door without laughing <laughs> so <laughs> I need somebody that's not gonna take offense that I have right. laughed in that moment <laughs> Like, I can do it, but you know how, like, sometimes you got to gather, like, okay, let me tighten up my smile. Like, let me really get into that mode, and then I can do it. But yeah. if I don't have that that talk talk with myself, like Issa Rae in the mirror before, like, yeah. I cannot, I definitely cannot be on that serious tip. Um, yeah, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. So... About your book. So we've talked kind of like about where we think love, our concept of love comes from and um, some of our experiences and and all of that jazz. And so I'm sure that your experiences are what drove you writing the book, right? Oh, yeah. 100% my experiences in this book. What a lot of time with my writing, people will ask me, like, oh, well, you know, because I'm a very private person. So for me to come out with this poetry book, it, you know, is very vulnerable for me. Um, but it's definitely based on 100% on my experiences. Um, and people are just like, wow, you know, and I'm just like, yeah, uh, it's true. <laughs> you know what I mean? Of course, you, you know, you're going to add a little jazz to it, you know, for uh, just writing. But um is definitely based on my experiences in in love um yeah it's definitely a journey so how long did it take you to to write it um I would say I started right maybe like a year Mm -hmm. yeah because I had always were you kind of like writing poems and then one day was like I'm going to write a book or did it start from the beginning like I'm going to write a book. Hmm. Well, the truth is I've always wanted to write a book. Um, so that wasn't very like far fetched for me. And I've always um, like just did a lot of writing, whether it was journaling, um, creative writing, 
um, but I had never shared my poetry with anyone just because I think it's so personal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially if it's based on your experiences. Right. Um, so yeah, I never really shared it with anyone. Um, and then I think one day I was writing, um, and then I was like, let me share this with, um, I, I think I first shared it with my best friend and she was like, wow, like you should, you know, you should keep going with that. And then from then on, I kind of just was like, it really evolved into, um, my poetry book. So yeah, it's, it's been a, a really like interesting process. Okay. I, I can definitely understand like it being like writing being something private. Right. I know I've like, I dibble and dabble in writing, but not like this is like, I want to be a writer or anything. I know I am going to write a book at some point in my life, but I'm not. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I have definitely decided one day I'm going to write a book. <laughs> um, I think like this, like this podcast for me is definitely like the beginning journey to that place. Right. And so I can understand like, cause for me, like creating this podcast was something, a part of my journey for self-love, you know, uh-huh. to, to find something that interested me that I was passionate about outside right. of school. So, and to, to give me a space to be creative because I ain't the most creative person. I can't draw, you know, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say I'm the best writer. You know, I, I write what I write and okay. I wouldn't, I, I can sing a tune or two, you know, but mm-hmm. it's not something I'm passionate about. So, you know, it was just like, what else can I do? And it was like, I like talking. I can talk. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, it's so funny because, um, you know, starting this book, I was like, I'm very comfortable with writing, right? I I think for, for me, that was another kind of easy part of the process is because I already felt very comfortable with writing. Of course, I think you can always become a better writer and improve, you know, those skills that you have. Um, But for me, it was something kind of therapeutic, like you said, um, and just healing along the way. I think sometimes you think about things like while you're in the moment, but after it, you kind of go back and revisit those things. Like, what can I, you know, what can I learn from this or, or how can I apply this to my life in a different way? Um, so that was what the, the book was about for me. Um, and I've always kind of, I wouldn't, you know, not in an arrogant way. I, I'm, I want to make sure I say this right, <laughs> but it's like, love is something that I know that I've always been good at, but it's very important for me. I've always been very intentional with cultivating that gift because that's how I see love as a gift and not just in a romantic sense but you know sharing that with other whether it's friends or family um that's just really how I see love like I never want to withhold that so with writing that kind of gave me that outlet to um share that and put that on a platform for others to see but it's definitely something that I live every day you know what I mean Mm -hmm. um and hopes that others would would do the same or you know 
know that it's okay, you know, not to have love all figured out. Yeah, definitely. So th- this thought just came to me, so you can definitely say no. But uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> but would you mind reading one of your um poems? Would I mind reading one of my poems? Sure. Let let me um oh man. Let me grab my book really quick. Okay. All right. I'm excited. All right, I'm back. Okay. Um, yeah, so of course, you know, with this book, like I said, it's it's very transparent. Um, it's so funny because my grandma, she's like, I told my family, you know, I was writing the book and everything, and my grandma was like, Oh, I can't wait to read it. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, you know, what Same I mean? for you. <laughs> I don't know if 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 an 80 year old if that is my audience, but I definitely appreciate the support. <laughs> she asked, she asked me. She's like, um, you know, like, well, what's it about? Like, are we talking about the love of God? You know, because that's different from the love of the world. <laughs> like, yeah, there's pieces of God sprinkled in there, Grandma. <laughs> but um, it's just so funny, like her conversation with me about writing and everything. But she was so, so happy and so proud. Um, my mom got it for her as a stocking stuffer. Oh, so nice. I'll be I waiting. I, on, I know, and I'll heard. be waiting on that. <laughs> I know when I said I first uh, was going to do the podcast, I battled if I was going to tell my family about it. Really? Uh, Why? Because it's, to me, so it's one of those things, like, (laughs) I want people to to like it and relate to it. But in the same time, you know, it's some topics that, you know, I feel are not appropriate for my mama to be hearing, you know. Right, right, right. Every episode. You know, so it, sometimes I feel like I have to censor, you know, what I say. But I, I think the more I do it, the more comfortable I am with saying yeah. certain things. And so, you know, I'm just kind of like, okay, ma, you just have got to be okay with this. Like, I'm grown. Right, right. And right. that's so crazy you know how we think about grown people things. <laughs> Right, the same way you did grown people things when I was little side eyeing you. Right. <laughs> right. But yeah. All right, let me get into this one. So this is a piece from my book called um, Me and You. You couldn't piece your words together. Your tongue and m- mouth battled against each other, like David and Goliath fighting each other for room. I studied you every day, so when I spoke, we became one in sync and in tune. I am here consoling you while you heal from old wounds. When I say I love you, I mean it deeply, like a mother connected to her unborn child in the womb. When you stare me in my eyes and hold me for hours, I find myself rendered speechless, imitating your moves. But I am also content because I am happy and freely lost in love with all of you. Oh, that was good. I like you. <laughs> I got to get the book, girl. Yeah, get you a copy, girl. I am. I am. So it's available on Amazon? 
Yeah, so it's available on Amazon. It's also available on Barnes and Noble. Okay, okay. So is it is it um available electronically or I gotta order an actual book? It's um paperback and um ebook. Okay, good. Cause mm-hmm. I don't have time to be waiting for it to come in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't like hard copy books because I spend so much time on the computer, like at work. I like to actually have something I can, you know, take my eyes away from the screen right. and, and hold in my hand. But yeah. I'd be too pressed to wait. But really? Like, yeah. Like even when going to the book, like when Kindles first came out, I had a Kindle. And so I was super excited about it because I was like, good. Now I ain't got to actually go nowhere when I want to read the book. I can just download, like buy, download up. Oh. I'm reading, you know, so oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I don't even I honestly I probably I listen to podcasts more than anything. Like I will say that. But when I'm reading, I like to have the physical copy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I I couldn't even tell you the last time I read a real book, like a physical <laughs> book. So mm, it was before Kindle. I gotcha. And this was like in 2012, maybe. Oh, wow. That's so long ago. Yeah, so long. (laughs) Girl. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, if somebody buy me a book, a physical book, I'll read it. But you can Do you let it collect dust or are you going to actually read it? Girl, that thing probably going to collect dust. I got a thing of books (laughs) now sitting in the storage unit. Right. So, yeah, yeah, don't send me no books, (laughs) y'all. But that is going to wrap it up for the hot cup of cocoa this week. And so I have decided I am going to do a Ask Cocoa segment every episode. I just have to look for the advices, the, the request for advice. You know, uh, until y'all send, start sending me some. So, what I found today. <laughs> oh, I've been waiting on this juicy part. <laughs> so, it, is, it says, found the man of my dreams. Good morning. I'm a 35-year-old mother, sing, single mother of three kids, 16, 15, and 11. I've been divorced for about five years and don't know much about the games men play. I have learned a lot, but I have, I have a situation that I don't know how to handle. I've been seeing the man of my dreams on and off for the last four years. It's, he is everything I have ever dreamed of in a man, but I have three problems. First, he is always saying he's not ready to settle down. He's always on the go, but wants me there when he returns. He says he enjoys being with me, and I am the type of woman he wants to be with. Is this game to keep me where he wants me? Second, I received an anonymous text message saying he has a child on the way. This will make three. I only know about and have seen one. But she said he got three. But you say you yeah, three or seen okay, one. Okay, let's keep, let's give her a chance. Okay. I forward the text to him and he avoided me for about two weeks. When I finally spoke with him, he confirmed that this was true. He said that one of his old girlfriends informed him that she had his child. I did not ask for any details. 
the crazy part is he got mad at me. We, we argue about me knowing this information. This really threw me for a loop. How you going to get mad at me? Cause somebody messaged me and told me you got a baby on the way. Be mad at your baby mama. Right. Exactly. This really threw me for a loop. He is mad because I don't know why. <laughs> I really don't understand that. Do men share information depending on what the person means to them? Did he say this? Did he keep this because I don't really matter and had no right to ask him about this? Third, I want this man in my life as my man. But after the children's situation, I'm not sure if this is what I want to deal with. I mean, for the next 18 years, what will I have to deal with once the child is here? Baby mama drama? My kids are almost grown, and I don't know if I want to start over. I want to keep him close to see how this situation will work out. So I asked him if he could just, just satisfy my sexual needs. Thank you. No strings attached. He did not like that, but after a while of talking, he agreed it was a mistake on my part. Should I just walk away? I know you have a way of, because this is what she was saying to this person, but what would yeah. you tell me if I was your daughter? Signed, found the man of your dreams. So first I want to say, this ain't, that the, ain't man the man of, man of your dreams. <laughs> <laughs> That's first. <laughs> He has qualities that you like. Right. He is not the man of your dreams. Because if he was the man of your dreams, y'all would be together. Yeah, and it's just, uh, it seems like it's a lot of stipulations with it. Mm-hmm. It's just like, why are you sticking around? Like, I could see maybe initially sticking around because, okay, you've been married for however long you've been married. You found this man. Y'all get along great. Y'all probably have good sex. And so it's just right. like, oh, yeah, I want to see what this could be. But after he said he didn't want to settle down, but you knew that's what you wanted, then why are you saying? And, and that's what I will never understand. It's like, come on, like, you're grown. Set, whatever your intentions are, whether that's just a relationship, marriage, uh, a little um, cuddle buddy, whatever it is, say that up front. So that mm -hmm. way that person has, you know, the choice whether they want to stay and carry that out or leave and say hey that's not for me yeah and then the whole him being upset because someone told you that he was having a baby like how are you gonna be mad at me because somebody came to me i did not go looking for this tidbit of information it came to me and you be mad at like a fairy <laughs> In my inbox. <laughs> right. How, how, how can I control what some random sent me? Right. Like, be mad at this person, not me. Are you mad because I brought the situation to you when I'm entitled to a response? Yeah, I definitely think he, he owes her that response. Um, now, what she does with it, that's on her. But um, like I said, just be honest. I don't know why that's so hard for people to just be honest. Mm -hmm. I feel like being honest could get you way further than what lying can. And honestly, the worst thing I can say is no, you know, and if right. no means that we're not going to be together, then we both just need to accept the fact that we was not meant to be. Exactly. Like, I don't, there is what, 
a billion people in this world over a billion people uh, there's somebody is out there for you girl because he is just not it yeah and i i definitely feel that i feel the only time she should be asking you know should she stay the only reason she should should be asking should she accept him having this extra child is Mm -hmm. if they were actually in a committed relationship you know what i'm saying but y'all don't have anything honestly so and if he's not sitting here saying like you're where i want to be you're who i want to be with i want us to be in a relationship then why are you even entertaining the question because i think I think for sure, you know, like guys know when they want to be with a woman, right? They will make that crystal clear. If there's some type of gray area, then sis, that's a sign. Exactly. Yeah. And I think they got too many gray areas. And so I think that is the sign that you need to just (laughs) be like, this ain't it. Let me go on about Say, my- hold on. It's a stop sign, a red light, uh, <laughs> do not enter. Like, what, what other sign you need? Right. You you got a lot of signs that say no. <laughs> right. So I think she should honestly just let the situation go and focus on herself. Because honestly, if she been divorced five years and then she been in this situation with this person for the last four years, it don't yeah. sound like you really took time. Yeah, maybe a little to heal. take some, yeah, some healing time and kind of see what's really going, you know, going on at the surface. I know it's easier said than done in those types of situations, but for sure, I think I think you should always like don't let someone else or situation determine your worth. You know. Mm-hmm. That's internal, and you you have to love yourself enough to know that hey, if this isn't working or we aren't meant to be, that it's truly okay to let that go. Because mm-hmm. there's a there's a relationship out there that will be you know meet your expectations and be the man of your dreams. Mm-hmm. Not getting mad because you got a baby mama. Like why are you questioning me? Yeah, and I honestly I think that. Um, in this situation, she really just want companionship. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. And he is not giving that to her. So it's like... It's something that's familiar. It mm-hmm. sounds like that's what she... She wants something that's familiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she wants familiarity and companionship, and that is not what he is offering. Besides the familiarity. Yeah, with those cheeks. <laughs> That's what he's <laughs> familiar with. <laughs> right. So just, yeah, let it go, sis. I hope you have found the man of your dreams at this point. But right. if not, manifest them. Yep, manifest them. Yep, mm-hmm. manifest him. So that would I think that was a a good question. You know, it's along the lines of what we talked about today, like just self love, kind of right, which is something I think that this person is kind of lacking. Yeah. But um, and I can definitely see that. Like she's a parent to three children. You know what I'm saying? And they're all older, so a lot of her time is probably dedicated to them kids. And yeah, so, so she might not. Time. Huh. 
but yeah so finding the time to you know really dig at that I know that's probably like hard, a, a lot challenge more challenging than yeah. somebody who's single and doesn't have as much you know responsibilities to bear um, yeah and so I don't think I think it comes down to self-love and her not really taking the time to heal from her divorce is why she in this situation ship. Um, so she definitely need to take a little bit time, bit of time to, to find that time to, to love herself. So, yeah. 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 Cause it sounds like some attachment issues in there too, but that's a whole nother, uh, podcast episode. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, that is this week's episode, guys. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, Lyndon, you want to go ahead and just tell them again where they can find your book and also where they can reach you at on social media? Yes, you can reach me at Love Reinterpreted on IG. And uh, my book is available out now on Amazon and Barnes & Noble called Returning to Love by London Michelle. So go ahead and get you a copy. Yes, get that y'all because I'm gonna get me a copy. I definitely want to to start, like I mentioned in the last episode, just reading more. And so this will definitely be a step in that direction and, and taking me outside of my urban fiction addiction, you know. So oh, <laughs> so you know, I'm I'm definitely going to cop that. So again, I appreciate you guys for tuning in. You can follow me at Instagram on Instagram at Kiking with Coco on Instagram. So follow me on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, you know, I still have my I'm Black 258 t-shirts. So go ahead and copy one. And I'm actually thinking about doing an end-of-year sale. So be on the lookout for that soon. And so until next time. Thank you and next see you next time.